Maybe when you broke my heart that I had to come again and show you that I'm real. All those times that I said I love you, you lied to me. Yes, I tried. Yes, I tried. You lied to me. Even though you know I die for you. You lied to me. Yes, I cried. I cried. Return of the Mac. Return of the Mac once again. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Yes, okay. I tried. Wait, wait, yes, wait. I tried, tried, tried. So, true story. <laughs> Earlier this week, I actually looked that song up on YouTube because oh, you, no, guys, oh, it's a great song. you guys reference it all the time. Oh, the, and I have never, what? never had any idea what the hell you were talking Isn't about. Isn't it amazing? It's the best I, song. I still don't because I've never heard that song before. Oh, it's oh, so good. It's it's like a it's, it's like so the all time jam. Uh, so you what, would turn you would turn on the radio I and you'd be like, "Come on, Return of the Mac, Return of the Mac," and then it would always be No Diggity. Oh, and, yeah, like okay. saying no whammies. <laughs> yes, it was exactly like that. You're like, come on, come on, come on, big box, big box, return to the Mac, return to the Mac, and then you would turn it on. It would be like fucking Duncan Sheik's barely breathing, and you're like, burr, 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 burr. <laughs> one of my fr- okay, so one of my now first see that I know all the words to. <laughs> one of my first uh, like Twitter experiences when I first joined the platform was me tweeting uh, return of the Mac colon great song or greatest song. And Mark Morrison liked it. Why? Because I, well, I guess he had a new album out, so he was oh, doing right. some promote. But like, yeah, he saw it and like liked it. So it's like, oh wow. Is, is all right, this He's is the guy who is, sings it. Yes. Okay. This is this is the saddest Twitter celebrity interaction. This is like I didn't use Twitter that much at the time, but I guess this was 2013. Uh Weezer had just put out like the latest album that was supposed to be like this one's gonna be good guys I swear. <laughs> the one with Hurley's face on the cover yeah, like, this, oh this one is totally not going to sound like somebody who has like this shred of melodic genius acting like a robot and just churning things just, out uh, an album that doesn't sound like the desperation of a band that's like we'll never be as of, good as of, the rentals yeah, again of, like, <laughs> a 50 year old man who like really was good at something when he was 22 and then realized he could just market to 14 year olds forever. Oh, so I, like I, I want to make it clear that I would sell out in the way that Rivers Cuomo did. Yeah. Instantly. Yeah. In yeah. a heartbeat. Yeah. I would do it. Yeah. Oh, but you mean I could write I, a song about parking beats? It'll be a sell a million yeah. copies. Done. Done. <laughs> uh, but so th- yeah, like 2013 and I tweeted, I was just like, Hey, this Weezer album's actually pretty good. There's no adding. There are no hashtags in this. Rivers Cuomo liked it within five minutes. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, the implication being, like, that guy, like... And this was, like, 2013, you didn't have, uh, like, a full-time job was not managing the social media of individual celebrities Right, 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 yeah. Right? Like, you had to wait a couple of years for that to be a gig. And so that means that Rivers Cuomo was sitting there being, like, like just, like, looking at his phone and just, like, constantly refreshing the search. He's got a Google reminder. He's like, got a Google just, alert set up whenever someone just tweets. swiping down repeatedly. And I immediately Rivers was Cuomo like... plus good. I, <laughs> I, I can't listen to this album. 
ever again. Uh, welcome to the Continue Podcast, everybody. This is episode 55. My name is Anthony John Agnello, and with me are the two uh, war criminals that make this happen every two weeks. <laughs> we, uh, we have Susan Art. Excuse me, my only crime is curiosity. Thank you. Oh, damn. Don't. Uh, that that reminds me. This has been like a day for like like hilarious aphorisms, and there's like an old skater phrase that my wife and I every now and again just say to each other, and we find hilarious, which is "fuck it, dog, life's a risk." <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah. I like it. So also, I would I would literally pay money to see Kate say that. Oh, she, she, she will. She will. That'll be a that'll, that'll be a fifty dollar Patreon yeah. tier. That'll be a fifty. Yeah, there yeah, we'll you go. Get, basically, a fifty dollar Patreon tier is like you get to hear an episode that Kate is on. Yeah, and there you true. go. Yeah. It's just the sound of the most patient human being so, so on earth. The fourth yeah. mic is just sighing. Like that's all. Yeah. It's just just yeah. sighs. One day, Kate and I will have to get the podcast she and I started. Uh, just before we, we got pregnant with our child, mm-hmm. uh, we started recording a podcast that we have never gotten back to, and it was it remains a great pitch. It was called I Love, Hate You, Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, the, now you know everything. Yeah. We were going to do, like, an episode-by-episode episode oh breakdown God. of everything. Uh, and we made it through, like, four episodes of... Uh, sports night and then we started a family instead oh yeah <laughs> you know I, I feel like that was the right way to go honestly. right like we, we came to a moment where we were like we're taking away from the world by what we're doing <laughs> let's let's add to it instead um the person who's remembering that Studio 60 is a thing that existed and is laughing is none other than Dave Roberts the goddamn news <laughs> no like I have I have not watched the newsroom, but I've only seen isolated clips, and I cannot believe that that show exists. You don't. A lot you, of it is really good. Oh yeah, but yeah. it's like it's in the same way that like the view from the top of a mountain that somebody falls off of is wonderful. <laughs> like at the beginning, that's accurate. I I just you're I, like I, I can see everything from up here, but then it's just like a bloody, yeah. horrific tumble. Yeah, like, I'm, it, sure, like I'm sure, so there many are, Sam Waterston. Bow ties yeah, I'm sure there the are fantastic down. moments in that show. The only part that I've seen is when they killed Osama bin Laden, and it's a bunch of journalists like looking at a like a like a United Airways pilot going, thank you for your service. Oh, and it's, yeah. it's uh, we delivered yeah. the we delivered the news, folks. I watch I watch it every week. The moment I realized that like there there was no getting off this train to hell <laughs> was in the episode where they covered the Arizona senatorial. Oh shooting. God! The the and the, then it ends. It the Coldplay ends song, wh- right? Yes, the Coldplay song "I'll Fix You" starts playing as they report on it, and I was like, "No, <laughs> no!" Actually, no. <laughs> and plus, like, I stuck with it. Susan, do you? I don't know if you remember the day. Because, like, I know that you really loved it at the beginning, and then, like, we sort of suffered through the end of it together. Yeah. And it was either the second or third to last episode. It, like, uh, Jeff Daniels goes to jail. Yep. And 
the entire time he's in fucking prison with a ghost of his dad. He's hallucinating well, his well, dad. And, yeah, and like I like yeah. I was like I like as it was airing, I was so unspeakably angry. Like I signed. We used campfire for the staff chat oh, yeah. at the time, and <laughs> yeah. like at like that's a blast midnight. At like yeah. midnight, I got on campfire and I was like, "It's his fucking ghost, dad! It's fucking ghost!" <laughs> so angry. It it wasn't good storytelling. Oh, no. it's like the no. like mind bendingly terrible. But <laughs> Olivia Munn is so good the She's entire amazing. time. She's just the best. And and the story arcs that her character go through are incredibly oh, well done. Yeah, They're it's, all great. It's awesome. Yeah. And, but then you have Mac, who is, Ugh. according to the show, the best producer in the business. She's worked in multiple war zones. Mm-hmm. This is an I've covered wars, you know. <laughs> accomplished, uh, amazing woman, and she can't figure out how to yeah. work a Blackberry. For some, for some fucking email. reason, she's like the best news producer in history, and she has the temperament and disposition of Fozzie Bear. Like, it makes... <laughs> That's, no yeah, fucking yeah. sense. Yeah, because, because every episode yeah. is like her coming in and we're like, the news! <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. That show went off the air half a decade ago and I'm still, still this like... angry about it. <laughs> I'm never letting this one go. Ever. Damn you, sort of uh, Susan, we, we have, in the past week, we have reached... Um, it's like a Battlestar Galactica thing. This has all happened before. This will all happen again. <laughs> Apple has tried to reinvigorate their entire approach to video games once again. Uh, and I, I have absolutely no idea what your thoughts are on Apple Arcade. When we were mapping out this episode, Susan was just Apple Arcade in all caps. Oh my God, Apple Arcade. And that could go a lot of ways. That's true. So, lay it on me. It is the greatest thing to happen to mobile games since Whoa. the touchscreen. Wow. Wow! Not yeah. the not what I was expecting at all. Yeah. So, to uh, in case anybody doesn't know the details, uh, with iOS 13... You now have the ability to, to to subscribe to Apple Arcade. You get your first month free. After that, it is four ninety nine a month, and you get access to a hundred games. It is Netflix for mobile games, and there's all sorts of variety in there. There's some exclusives in there. There's some stuff in there that is also on other platforms. For example, Sayonara Wild Hearts is on there. It is also on Switch and, and PS4. Uh, you might want to think of it as a rental system for mm. games that are going to be on other platforms. Overland, which I absolutely want to play, is on there. Uh, it's $25 on other systems. If you're not sure you want to play it or not, you can play it for free. What's, your... what's the game called? What's Overland. That Overland. Overland. It's a turn-based survival game with dogs. <laughs> oh. I can't imagine. <laughs> I don't know anyone on this show that would be interested in that. Not even at all. vaguely. No, that's not my wheelhouse. No way. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So I, uh, I now, first of all, I 
never update the OS of my phone until it becomes an issue. Sure. Because I have, and it's 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 probably not as necessary as it once was. Would back in the day, the second you up, you updated your OS when it was brand new, it broke something. Oh yeah, I, and I, I, I my experience is that remains true with all Apple operating systems. Okay, okay, fair yeah. enough. So I don't like I, until it literally stops working with an app or a whatever. I don't update it because I don't need to. But I updated to like I was actually checking the clock to see if I could update it. <laughs> I was thirteen yet, and I did, and I got Apple uh, Arcade right away, and I just start, and that's it. And you just once you have it. Just go to it's an arcade tab. You go to the app section. You go to and it's and it's a tab down at the bottom. It's a new tab that you know it has games and daily and all that. And one is arcade. You go to arcade and you can download any game you want. Download all of them if you want. Who cares? Mm-hmm. And they're so good. They're just really really good. Uh, let's see. What have I been playing so far? I've been playing. What the Golf. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> which is so good. What the Golf is the stupidest goddamn game ever. And that's why I love it so much. It is a golf game. It is a, you know, you pull back to set how much power you want to hit the ball with. And, you know, you move the arrow in the direction you want to hit it. Except you're usually not hitting a ball. You might be hitting a cat or a house <laughs> or uh, a, or a hundred golf balls it's yeah this is not your traditional golf game it it, there is still definitely a challenge there but this is not like if you're looking for a hardcore golf sim this is not it it's mostly about silliness and puns who made this i don't i I was only asking because it sounds like the kind of thing that's coming from uh somebody with some experience it does, actually, but uh, I remember I've been keeping my eye on it because <coughs> it started off as a mistake. Like, they had a bug that spawned, like, a whole bunch of toasters on one uh, level or something like that, and they thought, wait a minute, what if this was the game? <laughs> it's made by uh, Triband. Their previous game is Keyboard Sports. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it's amazing, and I highly recommend it. So... That's awesome. Uh, uh, I've been playing Card of Darkness, which is Zach Gage's new joint. Zach Gage of Spell Tower mm-hmm. and Tharsis, and apparently, I enjoy him hurting me. Yeah, because <laughs> because this game is really, really goddamn hard. It's a it's a solitaire RPG style game. What you have to do is there's a grid between you and your goal, and each grid will uh, the the uh, not every square in the grid, but squares in the grid will be filled in by stacks of cards. Sometimes it's a small stack, sometimes it's a big stack. Once you start flipping over cards in that stack, you have to flip over all of them before you can leave mm. that level of the dungeon, and you will get. Potions, you will get monsters, you will get Oof. weapons. There's all sorts of rules as to how you can use all of those things together. <clears throat> uh, it will make you hate Zach Gage <laughs> <laughs> on a fundamental level. You will say mean things about him as you play. 
and then you will completely run your battery down playing it because it's just so well tuned. It's that that really sounds good. that sounds like something I can't play. You pr- like, no, it's got that pocket uh, card yeah, jockey DNA. Yeah, that in sounds it. like something that I'm not allowed to install. Although <laughs> it does have an end to it. Really? Yes. There's a you are you are going on a map, and there's a limited number of locations you can visit. You can't just play and play and play and play and play. Now forever. you're talking my language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that may be a little a little bit more uh, your speed. Uh, I'm also really, I haven't started it yet, but I want to play Tangle Tower, which is, there was a game, and I've talked about it years back, there was a mobile game called Detective Grimoire. Yes. Mm. Which was so good. This is the new Detective Grimoire game. Hmm, okay. So, um, um, so it's an you know, adventure game, <clears throat> but amazing art, great sense of humor, really, really wonderful. And then another game on there, which I have instead been playing on Switch, is Sayonara Wild Hearts. Yeah. And have you guys ever, while you're playing a game, felt like you literally wanted to shout with the sheer joy? Yes. Yeah. Of, yeah. I know of, exactly what. <clears throat> like, I yeah. feel like it's <clears throat> in my heart and it needs needs to come out and I just want to yell while I'm playing yeah, because I've, it's so. I felt that when I finished the, the res Zero, uh, area zero in VR. Yeah. Like I get it. <laughs> that, and like, I, I played a little bit of that last night too. And I could totally see, like, it's just so sumptuous, the colors and the, like, I haven't uh, finished it yet. Can we though, very but. quickly cover what yes. Sayonara okay. Wild Hearts is? So Sayonara like, Wild Hearts. What do you do in it? Oh, well, that's kind of, okay. First of all, <clears throat> Sayonara Wild Hearts is the new game from Samogo. If you've ever heard me talk about Device 6, mm-hmm. and if you've listened to me for more than five minutes, you've heard me mention Device 6. These are those people. Although it's a completely different experience. This is an action game that has more in common with Tempest mm. than it does Device 6. Uh, if you imagine Tempest and uh, Jet Set Radio... And uh, the feeling you got playing Child of Eden with the Kinect controller. <laughs> so that's what it looks like. Like, that's what it looks like. And, and like, feels like. But what you're doing is you control a character who is sometimes on a motorcycle. It is, it is on rails in that. You're going into the screen? Or are you, you going into well, the Well, you screen? are going into the screen. Sometimes you are going side to side. Sometimes you are coming out. It changes your perspective a lot. But all you can do is move side to side. That's it. And you hit a, a, occasionally you're given a, a uh, timing target, like the, the, the reticle will get smaller, smaller, smaller. And then when it's right around the target, you hit your button. Mm. That's it. The controls are minimal. It is very, very well designed for a touch screen. Because all you're doing is moving from, you know, to this lane, to that lane, side to side or, or whatever. You are attempting to collect hearts which are laid out in a track before you. Because you're, you're going for points. Sure. There's, you know, bronze, silver, gold level. The story, in as much as there is one, is, uh, uh, it follows this, the arcana of the tarot. Oh, cool. You play as the fool. You, <clears throat> are, you are fighting other representations of the tarot, which 
are rather, if you remember in Jack Ryan Radio, how you were fighting like the love shockers. Yeah, 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 yeah. All like the little rival gangs. Yep, same deal. Cool. They're, they're other motorcycle gangs who are fashioned after the Arcana. Cool. Like the, yeah. So it's incredibly stylized. The uh, imagery, the, Im- the, the uh, visual aesthetic, very bright neon colors, but also uh, a lack of detail. Things are more in silhouette than they are actually. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's got that look that says, what if we look at the, uh, the, the sort of design sense of Persona 3, 4, and 5, and we're mm-hmm. like, what if we just made the menus the whole game? And yes, that's actually a really good way of putting it. Yes. Yeah, that, yes. that's that's what it's looked like since that very first trailer. Yes. And yes. I was like, that's instantly appealing. That's yes. brilliant, brilliant the idea. The soundtrack is incredible. Hmm. Uh, each level has its own <clears throat> song. And I will say, while the game is one of the best gaming experiences I've ever had, it's not for everybody. Yeah, that's because, interesting. Yeah, it, it is tuned to a very particular player and a very particular aesthetic. <laughs> and if that doesn't jibe with you, like yeah. if you're not looking at those visuals and going, okay, I'm going to get a tattoo of that. And if you, <laughs> you know, and if you don't enjoy the music, then it's a fairly rudimentary kind of game. The most interesting thing about this to me is almost a year to the day we are recording an episode and having almost the exact same conversation about another Annapurna game, which was Donut County. And yep. I think it's I think it's really yep. like it's almost like Annapurna now is just like, we're going to save the perfect independent game uh, that we have on our roster for th- sub- mid-September every yep. single year. <laughs> and we're just going to fucking dominate the last three yep. months leading up to award season. We're just going to own everyone in the lead up to award season that's how we're going to do it and every single time it is this like you you couldn't have more different games than donut yeah. county and sayonara wild hearts but there is that element of this is perfect in its execution like this is full and totally realized unfortunately like it's not for everybody yeah it's not this isn't uh an everybody thing um you're playing it on Switch, though. Yes, like you're not. Have you played it on your phone? I, I was I, just curious to see uh, how it yes. feels. Oh, it, it it works great. I mean, it, yeah. it, it because it is because the controls are so simple, and all you're doing is, you know, moving to like, oh no, the line of hearts is over here down there. Sure. And there. I played it last night on an Xbox One controller on my iPad. Oh, that's oh, true. Yeah. There you go. And it works yep. just yeah. fine. Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Apple, in their infinite wisdom, realized we're not going to make these iOS controllers happen, are we? What if we just use the ones that are good already? Which was, <laughs> yeah. which which people already own. Yeah. Why Why has it taken this long, guys? <laughs> because they're it's Apple. Guys, come on. Because they're like, wait a minute. This is another thing we could maybe charge $60 for. Hold on. Right, right. Yeah. Well, 60 yeah. 90 Come yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anybody right. who charges $99 for a, like, piece of plastic you put over your iPad cover. Yeah. Oh, but it folds up. Shut up, yeah. Tim. Yeah. <laughs> go buy another turtleneck. Uh, go smile wily under your under your glasses, guy. Uh, go here, check your New Balance stock. Go check your goddamn... <laughs> God, that was really good. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, Susan, here here is my question. Yes. 
the thing is, is this, I, like I said before, like we, we've been here before with Apple. Mm-hmm. We've been here before where they refresh their entire approach to mobile games. And it feels like this is it. This is the moment where they've like, I always hear like the radio announcement from 28 days later. The answer to infection is here. Like when it comes to <laughs> Apple figuring out its approach to video games. When Game Center launched mm. in 2010, uh, 2009 or 10. And, you know, we'd had these two glorious years of the App Store in games. You know, 2008 to 2010, it was just this flood of creativity and interesting ideas and 50 cent games and 99 cent games and just these. And then it was just over and it was just this wash of garbage. And then Game Center arrives and Game Center is going to like create the the network so that you can see what your friends are playing. And now it's going to curate the games and, and it's going to be covered in felt and uh, like a new New dawn of mm. curation and really interesting quality, and that happened, and it lasted for like two years, and then it was just garbage, 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 garbage. iPad, at, like by the time the iPad two comes out in twenty eleven, it's like now we're on to iPad games. We're gonna have Super Brothers, Sword and Sorcery, yeah. like a new dawn of art games and the best talent. And you know, by by the end of twenty thirteen, we're at Flappy Bird, so. Why is this different, number one? Mm-hmm. Number two, do you think it lasts? That is, the second part is going to de- depend entirely on the first part. Yeah. And the first part is, the biggest problem with the, with the App Store is discovery. We all know this. Right? Mm-hmm. There's, there is a, there's so many great gaming experiences to have in there, but you have to aggressively try to find them. Mm. Because if you go to the the stuff that's most popular, it's the same old crap. Yep. Like, thank you, I'm already aware of Minecraft. Please (laughs) tell me something new. I don't want to play Clash of Clans, right? Yeah. So, and the Apple team really does try to surface stuff, but they can only do so much. Most people aren't checking the app of the day every freaking day. Yep. They want to look when they want to look. Mm-hmm. So, if the Apple team continues to populate the arcade with really great stuff, you know, diverse, interesting stuff, then yeah, then you pay five, but it's a set it and forget it kind of thing. You pay five bucks, and when you feel like playing a game, you go to the arcade instead of going to, yeah. like, well, what am I in the mood for, right? Yeah. You're You're you have a much smaller box of games to look through and who knows, like maybe it gets smarter about the kind of games that you download, who knows, whatever. But it's a, you know, it's a, it's a lot easier to just spend $5 like a a month that you don't even think about because it's bundled into your Apple bill. Yeah. Right. And then like, Oh, well let me see what's in the arcade this month. Whoa. Oh, that looks like fun. And that's a very, very low threshold to have I gotten $5 worth of, of entertainment out of this, this month. That's a very low threshold, right? But, but. But, again, it depends on what it's populated with. Yeah. And, like and if you well, go two, three months and you're <clears> like, <throat> I, you know, I've played everything I want to play. The thing, the thing that has sort of mystified me about Apple's sort of repeated, like, 
the variations on trying to do what they're doing here because mm-hmm. they have tried this before and it's just this is probably the smartest substantiation that they've made is that there is this assumption on sort of like you know uh, gaming industry uh, wonks for best for lack of a better word and uh, indie developers and big publishers and then game obsessives and you know, people that pay attention to video mm-hmm. games. There's always this assumption that this is Apple's attempt to, you know, sort of finally have their cake and eat it too with the two different audiences. Like the people that generally play mobile games, which is more people on Earth mm-hmm. than there are people that play capital V, capital G video games and the people that are interested in capital V, capital G video games. And the thing that I think every single commentator and hot taker in history seems to forget or just misses is that these are not two parts of the same audience or that these are two parts of the same market. They are completely separate and they will Mm -hmm. never ever meet Mm -hmm. they will never intermix they are interested in completely different things there is no secret to infection there is no solution to bringing the mobile audience into hardcore video game town and there is no it's just never going to happen and apple arcade is so precision built for a person who is already invested in capital v capital g video games that is actually true yes like, it is, it, it wants the person that knows what video games are, that, like, knows the names of multiple developers, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and, like, Susan, you are the, you are the ideal test case yeah. for Apple Arcade. But the problem is, is you are a rarefied niche inside that capital V, capital G. It's absolutely G. true. It's and absolutely true. Like, the, the at this point... The person, like, more like Dave, I would say, mm-hmm. who's, like, every year is, like, there's a handful of indies that really float your boat, but you're also going to play the Assassin's Creed that inevitably comes out. Like, your finger's on the pulse, but you tend to be a console person, mm-hmm. generally. I don't see how nin- Nintendo, how mm. Apple, I don't see how Apple continues to make this compelling in a way like the values there so but the ability to seize attention that's I, the mystery i to think me. i think it's a lot of things <clears throat> one i think it is be, like the, they are going after like the capital v capital g gamer by getting capital v capital g video games like that they are getting these games that are on switch right now or are coming to switch so it's like you could spend like over like uh, Overland's twenty five dollars. You were saying, well, just pay five dollars a month. You could play it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that you can use your your regular video game controllers on it. The fact that the arcade doesn't just exist on mobile phones. It exists on iPad. It exists on uh, all Apple computers. It exists on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. So there are a variety of ways, and you can use your controller. On all of those devices, too. So you, I could use my Xbox... If I had an Apple TV, I could play these games on my Apple TV with an Xbox controller. Done. $5 Do a month. Do you know any human beings that use a, an Apple TV? I'm not talking about, like, an Me. office. 
You use an Apple TV? No shit, I do. really? Yeah, I have uh, I I have three of them actually. Wow. Uh, no yeah, kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Love it. That's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I've never encountered one in the wild. Like I've seen them in offices and uh, Airbnbs, yeah, but the, I've never like seen one. The the it's not the only reason, but one of the reasons I have it is because when we uh, go on vacation, you know, we go, we rent a house at the beach. Sure, yeah. Pick it up, plug it in, yeah. done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have all your movies. You have all your Netflixes. You have everything, and it doesn't matter what's actually at the place. You have your your evenings entertainment. Um, but yeah, like. And it, I think it's also really important that it was part of iOS 13. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. it's already there. The yeah. biggest hurdle is awareness, I think. Getting the yeah. average person who is uh, going to get a, a new iPhone or whatever, who is going to – making them aware that this is a thing. Yeah. That's – that's the hurdle. Once it, they're aware of it, then it's like, hey, cool. And then, and then you also have the the thing where it's like, you could one subscription gets you six accounts on family sharing. So if oh. you have a family with kids who have mm. devices and you don't want them spending five hundred dollars on a fucking app, right? Child, uh, <laughs> then then you can set them up with this because none of the games in Apple Arcade have in-app purchases. Yeah, is is that none a of rule? them? Is that no, that, that is a rule. They say no in-app purchases of any yep. kind. Uh, even like I was playing um, a very mobile game that I think you would really dig, Susan, uh, called Dear Reader. It's like a puzzle game oh, that yeah. uses uh, like uh, public domain books, like Pride and Prejudice, and you have to like like solve these word puzzles. It's really cool. But like the way it's set up, like you could see, like oh yeah, if I hit a button. I could get ads. I could watch ads to get more ink to buy more books to play. But oh, that's it's, cool. But you can't. It's all just hmm. built into the natural progression of the game. That as you play, you're unlocking more books. There's no way to spend money on that game other than the five dollars a month. But they also don't mess with your privacy. Like they don't. They don't. Uh, like the games are specifically built to like not collect data on you. Wow. Uh, like I was reading Noodle Cake, uh, they have a couple games on there. They have a, like a privacy policy page, and they're like specifically for Apple Arcade games. We will not collect user data on these games that we have on Apple Arcade. Like, that's, at all. That's, that's a really and like again, like talk about like precision targeting of mm -hmm. the audience that's going to be interested in this. Like they know you, Dave. Yeah. They like they know they know that you're going to see that and be like, yeah. But digital privacy again, like, yeah, and, but, but like, again, like when we get to uh, like, let's project, you know, a year from now when PlayStation five and whatever um, Xbox rosacea, whatever it's going to be called. <laughs> Xbox rosacea. Xbox, Xbox propecia and uh <laughs> <laughs> don't if you are pregnant do not touch xbox propecia <laughs> <laughs> xbox propecia might inc decrease libido and cause hair loss uh halo infinite will definitely cause hair loss <laughs> I, I like in a year when we're sitting there staring down the barrel of like here's playstation 5 it's going to launch with spider-man 2 and here's the next model of switch it's going to launch mm -hmm. with metroid prime 4 the world of people that care about video games is 
going to go back to their old lanes. And like, I, I just, I genuinely wonder, is there enough, like, like a- Apple's audience is so massive. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be enough cross pollination of them keeping the attention of people like the three of us and also trying to win some people from Minecraft and Fortnite town and like, uh, I was about to say Castle Crashers, but Clash of Clans. Like the, <laughs> this, the bigs, I mean, this is the thing. You know? They don't need us. They don't you need us at need? all. They need the, the parent who hands their kid the iPad to yes. keep them busy. Right. Done. And, and, but, like, like, that kid is served, and their attention is dominated mm-hmm. by those bigs. Right. You know what I mean? But the thing mm-hmm. is, it's like, if I'm... If I'm a parent, I'm, I'm, if I'm a parent, I am a I'm parent. Say, uh, yeah. And it's like, uh, right now, we we subscribe to, like, the Amazon free time, I think it's called, like, whatever it is. It's like a thing on a Kindle that you, like, you pay a couple bucks a, a month, and it's just all curated kids' games. No oh, in-app purchases, it. no, like, mobile bullshit. It's just, here's some stuff that you can hand to your kid that is safe. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That yeah. is so in in an age when YouTube is turning children into white nationalists. Yeah. That is a godsend. Yeah. And to have something like that, but it's something that like there are games literally every kind of person will find and enjoy. Yeah. Like there are there are console there's a sequel to Beneath the Steel Sky coming to <laughs> Apple Arcade. That's God crazy. damn it. <laughs> yeah. There's a Square Enix RPG developed by the team that made Bravely Default in Apple Arcade. Here Nobu Sakaguchi's next game, but then there's also th- there are the like yeah. the mobile games, the well, puzzle it, games, the, the sequel to Mini Metro. Like th- I think they I'm they sorry, are, what what did you just say? There's, there's a sequel to Mini Metro. Yeah. 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 Oh. In there. Talk about it's, things that it's, Susan it's, can't have it's, it's about It's about cars. <laughs> You're building oh. highways, Susan. Danger. Oh. Um, Danger. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they, they are getting tons of stuff. They are cash fluid so they can afford to make these deals. Yeah. Because they, they're not just banking on people subscribing to this thing. They're banking on people buying new phones. They're banking yep. on people yeah. buying Apple TVs because that's also where they make a lot of their money. And, like, if they can get – like, I don't know how many people own Apple devices, but if they can get, like, like it, even if it's just, a, like, a million people, $5 million a month – for a whole year, like guaranteed money, it's it's worth it to Apple to make mobile games feel important. Because yeah. I think that's also part of the battle too. They're not just trying to, you know, they want to make money, and they, they've but done, they're but, trying to and, change the perception of like, and how do we make mobile games feel valuable again? They've done it before. They've done it before. The key is staying power. Yeah. Because it yeah. never sticks yeah. around. Yeah. They've yeah. done it multiple times. It just never. Like, I was talking to a friend the other day, and he was like, oh, well, it should blow your mind that uh, Capcom is right there with an original property. But like, no, it's not. That's not. When Game Center launched in 2009, there was a Street Fighter 4 port for iPhones at the time. Like, the, these big publishers have come out for. These moments before the key is, do they keep it? Do they do they? And does Apple like 
stay invested because the other problem is they launch yeah, these new services bored. and they get bored when it's not immediately be like, oh, well, Epic's still making a billion dollars a month with Fortnite. Why sh- Why are we getting a billion dollars? Yeah. Fuck it. Life's a risk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. Here's the other thing, though, that is yeah, I, that is all absolutely totally true. The gaming ecosystem changes. So, yeah. Dramatically, right? Like Microsoft, or Microsoft, Minecraft changed everything. Fortnite changed everything. So, even if this is a good idea. Now. Now. Two years from now, it might look quaint. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's, it'll be interesting to see. Yes. Uh. I'm very curious about it. Like, the the thing that impressed me the most, and I've heard, like, so many people talk shit, was when Apple Arcade, like, trotted out Frogger. And everybody's yeah. like, Frogger? Yeah. I was like, do you understand that Frogger for PlayStation 1 and Nintendo 64 sold more copies than any other game on those platforms? Really? The, Fro- the really? late 90s Frogger? That huh. game was a juggernaut. And it's hilarious. All the people that played that when they were six are now twenty six, mm. and that is that is genius, genius move. Uh, and uh, one little piece of the tapestry in this sort of Apple Arcade rollout that really makes it feel like Apple is like, "Fuck you, Nintendo, we're coming for your cheddar, and we want everything you have." Uh, and I think. I think it'll be interesting to see if they actually sort of make some headway against this Switch culture that has sort of developed over the last couple of years. Speaking of that Switch culture, uh, since our last episode, the Switch finally got something that every human being in the land thought that it was going to have right up top, which is a, a, a handful of Super Nintendo games. Yay! Uh, Took and- it long enough. Uh, Nintendo, Nintendo's you too like, can play Super Tennis. You too, you too can play Super Tennis is all right. That d- really upsetting old Super Nintendo soccer game with Donald Trump on the cover of it. Ugh, ugh, oi. Uh, <laughs> their Super Nintendo selection is so weird. Like Joe and Mac Two <laughs> is the weirdest <laughs> deep cut of all games. Right? Of all games, like yeah, let's fuck, fuck it, man. Let's put in Earth Defense Force who, and Joe and Mac Two. What publisher out there hasn't released a classic collection yet that I, we can like, yeah. get for this service? <laughs> Very strange. Uh, yeah, there are Super Nintendo games, and it, it has inspired two thirds of the Continue Podcast host structure to sort of go Super Nintendo crazy. Uh, Super Super Mario World uh, and Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island have been eating up some of Susan's time. Dave, you done got the fever, though. I fell down a rabbit hole. You went you went whole hog. I I went down rabbit hole dug by one Kevin Kevtris Horton. Yeah, explain explain what Kevtris does okay. on the internet. So there's a company called Analog based out of Seattle, and they make clone consoles. They don't do it like like other companies have tried, where it's just like, what if we just put an emulator in this box, then you can play cartridges on it? Uh, no, this guy who goes by Kevtris, um, 
works on special computers that are called field programmable gate arrays or FPGAs. The idea is that you are not software emulating a Super Nintendo game. You are emulating the hardware right down to like the core components of the computer. So the idea is that you're like you no longer have latency introduced by software emulation. Um, you no longer have the kind of bugs or issues that crop up in software emulation. Like games where like like just don't work because you can't emulate them properly. This thing you can just throw at it and it handles fine. Uh, so they make these really sleek consoles that use this hardware as the core. Uh, they make a Super NT and they make a Mega SG. One's for Super Nintendo, one's for Sega, uh, or for, for Genesis. So I bought the Super Nintendo one literally like three days before they announced the, the Super Nintendo games were coming to Switch. Um, and honestly, I'm kind of glad I did, but I don't know if it's all in my head. Okay. <laughs> because, okay, so I've had, you know, I've had emulation boxes. I've played classic games. I played virtual console games on the Wii, the Wii U, um, Switch even. Uh, and, like, I enjoy them, but they never really grabbed me mm. in the way that, like, this thing has. Like, I look at my PlayStation 4 and I go, I could be playing Judgment right now, but man, I got this. I, I bought a Super Mario RPG cartridge off of eBay. And I'm like, I could just play this on on my computer or on my computer monitor with this thing hooked up. And it's just, it's real nice. But the thing is like, I don't know if this is the like advertising getting me. The like fancy <laughs> tech. Or if this is like, if it's like actually like, doing something that is making me like go like, Oh, this is like how I remember. So I'm like enjoying it more. Sure. Uh, okay. So number one, and you guys know that I'm the weirdo that has done this. And when we all wrote about this professionally, I would write about this on the regular. Have you looking at CRT monitors now? Yeah. Like, so the question is, Dave, is have you gone ahead and like a B tested it? Because I had one of those moments I, uh, about three years ago. I'm not sure if you guys remember. I went banana pants uh, and sold my Xbox One. Oh, yeah, I remember. And I remember. used the cash to buy a very expensive little machine <laughs> called a Frame Meister, which lets you plug old, old uh, hardware like a Super Nintendo mm-hmm. meant for four three screens, and it makes sure that they can work on a uh, modern LCD screen just right. Uh, and I actually, when we all worked at Games Radar, wrote an article mm-hmm. about sitting there with uh, Link to the Past on that <laughs> on that actual thing and then running it on Wii U and 3DS because the 3DS had just gotten those Super Nintendo games at the time. Uh, and there is... A tangible difference. There really mm. is a difference between something running just like it's supposed to and something that is being emulated and often emulated pretty well. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of these Super Nintendo games that were on uh, 3DS were handled by the now like busiest people in the world, uh, M2 the Japanese studio that's in charge of a lot of these emulated game releases, they, they do A-plus work. But even that, 
there is this tangible difference. So, Dave, like, do, like, I'll take the Pepsi challenge any day of the goddamn week. Uh, That's appropriate, too, given the... The yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, like sit down and give yourself give give yourself the A B test because it's mm-hmm. it's really interesting. It's really interesting to do. If you still have your Wii U uh, do, yeah. hooked up, go ahead and just like give it a whirl because it's fascinating to sit there and be like check them side by side. Like Super Mario RPG, you will see the difference and you'll feel it. Interesting. Yeah, and it, like it's it's not always visual. A lot of the time it's it's feel, it's tactility. Yeah, like the the thing about the analog devices is that like because it's FPGA outputting directly to HDMI, so you're not getting like the pass through from the old console through the FrameMeister. You're not right. getting the software emulation layer that automatically just adds some frames of lag. Um, like shit that I don't remember doing on emulate. Like I've played an emulated version of Kirby Superstar. And those games where you have to hit the button the right moment to hit the cannon, I it's not like, the same. Like I just thought, I just chalked it up to me getting old. Yeah, uh, but no, nope. I was playing it last night and like, oh shit, I was like, oh, hitting the full meter every time. Same with like all the jump attacks and stuff. So like, there really is a perceptible difference. Now, is it enough that like your average person is gonna notice or care? No. Right. Is it enough for a weirdo like me to notice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, there is another aspect of this, Dave, and I, I'm curious to see what you think about this. Is you've ritualized the act of playing a Super Nintendo game, yeah. as opposed to being like, "All right, well, I'm gonna download SNES X9 and uh, get the crack ROMs from the internet." And just like sit there rifling through a list of 500 different hacks of Mega Man X. Like that is just sort of having that endless variety is numbing. Uh, I was reading about this really fascinating stat the other day, which is you can only present a human brain with 12 choices before the brain starts to shut down with (laughs) with disinterest and ennui. Uh, Analysis a, paralysis. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's another thing that really fascinates me about this push towards subscription-style services because people don't like the way it makes them feel. There's a good reason why all people use Netflix for is watching The Office. Uh, <laughs> so by, long. By, by reintroducing the physicality of the machine into your life, you're all of a sudden bringing intent back into the act. I don't mean to sound like a crazy pretentious hippie, but now you are pressing a button. You have put the cartridge in the thing. You have put even the SD card of the intentional thing that you loaded up into it, into the analog. You're making a choice about what you're going to sit down to play. And you're making a choice about the exact thing that's going to present it to you in a very specific way. And I think that that all of a sudden draws your attention and your focus in a way that just firing up a machine, even like the Switch, and being like, here's the 30 games in the box. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it, you are paying attention again. And I think that's part of it. That's just my, that's why I keep all of these consoles around. Yeah. That's no, why and I totally I get that. And like, that's the value of, you know, like, there's value in emulation and ROMs and like preserving these things that like publishers are just inevitably going to lose. 
but there's also value in like hunting de- like making that effort to hunt down the physical cartridge and mm-hmm. playing it and giving it your time um which I think, like, I don't know, like, I, I don't want to get too crazy because I know me and I could start to, like, bring up a checklist of, like, oh, I'm, I got to get this game, I got to get this game. And, like, just kind of like, like the, the whole thing with the, like, I liked owning the Criterion movies, but at some point it just got to be, like, I had to have them all because they had numbers on them. Yeah. Unless, like, what am I actually going to watch? So I think, I'm, like, physically I'm going to curate, like, a list of these are the like 10 games that are important to me mm-hmm. and I will have those probably never going to own earthbound again. Just the reality of, yeah, <laughs> that's how that could I mean, I have works. a copy you could buy, but <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a second mortgage. Yeah. I'm just, you know, um, but you fall into $900. Uh, uh, not, not anymore. <laughs> not for that. Uh, but, I, I think that, yeah, like, just having this thing makes them feel important again. Yeah. Less less like, oh, I'm, like, I just threw these on a box that can play anything. Mm-hmm. And more like, this is a Super Nintendo. Like, I dude, I bought, I bought, uh, Hyperkin makes these um, laser mice specifically for the Super Nintendo, so you don't have to use the old trackball mouse. Oh, really? They're nice. Yeah, they're 20 bucks. Oh, they, what? It's like the most niche like video game product I think I've ever seen. It's because it, they work on like 34 games total. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah, I, they, they were on sale a couple days ago for 15 bucks. Uh, damn it. I wish, but, I wish I had known that existed. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link after the show. But yeah, it's a, it is a it's a like it's a laser mouse, like a modern mouse, but it has a Super Nintendo plug on it. Wow! And I was playing Mario Paint with Jonah because I heard you talking about it, and yeah, he's just sitting there and he's making songs. Oh and it's man! Just like, oh, that's there you go. Great. It's cool. To Susan, have... when was the last time you fired up Mario Paint? How long oh, has it been? God. Decades. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Everything in Mario Paint is so magical. Like, just you forget about touching all the all the letters at the beginning and the title oh, screen, yeah. and all the letters do different things. Does I Jonah like the letters? That laser mouse will make you real good at that fly swatter game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I don't need a laser mouse to be that good at the <laughs> fly swatting game. <laughs> I can still go five worlds without dying, dog. That's uh, not true. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> That's a thing that a younger man who loved marijuana could do. Uh, yeah. I, 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 so, I, actually, I, speaking of this like uh, console uh, obsession that you, you are prone to sometimes, Dave. Yeah. I want to go back into our archive of episodes to when you sold your PlayStation three, because I definitely made a prediction of a timeline for when you were going to (laughs) want it back. Yep. And I, I think we're getting, we're all, we're like, no, I don't want to get my PS three back. We're a year out. There's going to be like, no, they're going to like re-release metal gear solid four. And they're going to be like, it's different than the original. And you're going to be like, I want the authentic metal gear solid four. They haven't emulated it properly yet. (laughs) Yeah. That's uh, gonna go. Yeah, I like. Have you found yourself like at all wanting to like jailbreak this machine? Like, are did. you? You I mean, already like, did. 
Yeah, you want to go like, I wanted to play it. Soul Blazer like right when I got it. Like yeah. that was the first thing I wanted to play, and I didn't have a copy of it. Uh, so I did, and like it, like I said, that's nice to have for the stuff that I'm just never going to be able to find. Sure. Uh, but like I said, I think I'm going to have like a couple of games that like. Like I'm hunting down a copy of Link to the like a physical copy of Link to the Past mm-hmm. that I want to have, uh, Final Fantasy three, same stuff like that, and I'm looking at the the Mega SG now. Like I've actually got some stuff that I'm selling on eBay so I can get that because I want to. Same thing. Like I grew up with the Genesis more than I did a Super Nintendo, and I want to go back to those games too. And I think that that's gonna be the same kind of thing where like it feels like coming home again yeah. you know uh in a way that like you know especially that like sega genesis collection on the switch never will because the input lag on that thing is it's so bad horrid i i got it from gamefly last year just oh. like it can't be that bad and it's so susan, bad susan i shit you not you push the button and like a split second later sonic jumps it's it's like it's not like oh like are, are oh, you sure no. you can notice it it's like Oh my oh, god, how no. do they ship this? Yeah. It's real bad. Yikes. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, the input lag thing is so interesting to me because it never manifests as... Like, if you put it in, so, in front of somebody who's familiar with those games, it's not like they automatically notice, like, oh, like, that's wrong. It's just... You, like you said earlier, it's like, oh, I guess I'm just older. Like, I guess it just or, doesn't or, play like, like I, I remember I guess I'm it. older, or that's just the way HDTVs are now. Right, or, right, yeah. right. And then you're like, oh, wait, no, it's not. Yeah. Uh, so, Susan, you haven't been playing Super Nintendo games on original hardware. You've been playing them on no, your Switch. No, although I still own my Super Nintendo and all my games. Oh, there you go. Of course, of course. Uh, but you're having this uh, this this reacquainting with, with the console as well. Yes, uh, I specifically so, two games, two specific games, Super Mario World and Yoshi's Island, which are Yoshi's Island is one of the best, uh, whether it's a Mario game or not, you can do a PAX panel on. But, <laughs> but, shots, shots fired. Shots <laughs> fired. Uh, but, uh, you know, in my opinion, it's it's one of the, the best platformers in the entire franchise because <laughs> The level design is so clever. The core concept is genius and blah, 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 blah. Okay, so I wanted to go back and play these games because I remember so clearly spending so much time playing them. And a very curious thing happened. So I'm playing Super Mario World. And I'm wondering why I spent so much time with it. Mm. I can't like not because it's a bad game. It's certainly like it's it's a great game. And there are some secrets to find like some levels have more than one exit and but I I don't I honestly don't know what the pleasure was in tracking everything down. Like in Yoshi's Island there are it is possible to do a level perfectly Ugh. because there's a certain number of stars you can collect and a certain number of red coins and a certain number of flowers. So in order to get all those, you have to find all the secrets. And yeah, so you can, I, I understand why I spent that much time with Yoshi's Island. I don't understand why I spent so much time there. And then I started thinking about it. 
And it's because these games are from before the internet. So mm. if there was a secret, you had to find it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a magazine. I, I was just going to say there's cover a, it. That's another one where there's like a ritual aspect. Yeah. Of you encounter something that maybe you've heard about or maybe you have a suspicion about. And then like you're like, fuck this. I'm going to Walden Books. I'm going to walk in there. <laughs> I'm going to pop a squat in the back of that store until I find it. And I ain't paying or for one nothing. Of, or one of your friends at like at the, at the playground, you know, because it's where the kids hung, hung out. is like, dude, did you know there's like this hidden star road? And you're like, what? And then yeah. then your friend's like, let's I'll come over. I'll show you. And then you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I so it's so that was that that once I realized that about uh, Super Mario World, I stopped playing it. Oh, like, interesting. I, yeah, because I found all the secrets way back in the day, and it's so it's just the pleasure just isn't there for me anymore. Oh, like, that's I got I got to the cheese bridge, and I'm like, I should feel cooler about having done this. <laughs> I don't. So. <laughs> So then I, I, I went to Yoshi's Island, and you guys know I am not one for the super precise platformers that punish you, where you, you know, you fail, 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 fail. Like, I don't enjoy Nothing that. is more punishing than Yoshi game, though. It's true. And I don't mind. Yeah. I will sit there and, like, oh, okay, I just died 20 times trying to do this. Okay, I'm going to go back to this world where you could do the trick to get the one-up, and I'm going to just do that level over and over and over again until I get enough guys that I could go back and start over again. Fine, I'll do that. I don't care. Wait, okay, now I'm going to go here. Yeah, okay, so... I don't understand why I'm willing to do that, and it's, it's... I wonder if it's a combination of two things. One, being just straight up nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I have so much affection for the game. I'm willing to bang my head against it. But also too, is it the aesthetic? I, I mean, I think like more than anything, I think it's like the heart wants what it wants. Okay. Like I think, I think that that is like bedrock that tweaks a specific part of your soul okay. at, a, at a fundamental design level. Uh, like it's alchemical with you. Like, yeah, I think it's yeah, just, yeah. boom, it, it is. But then it is, like, part of that. Like, if 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 that's the, the, the heart of it, if that's the, the cephalopodic sac that is changing colors and going through the word, the tentacles coming out of it, uh, octopus style, are the aesthetic, the music, the yeah. feel, the nostalgia, like, all of those things sort of making you be able to swim through. Uh, yeah, like... It's interesting to me that just the sheer fact of Super Mario World, you're like, I did the thing that you could already do, and it's not standing in my way in the same way that Yoshi is standing in your way. Yeah. That's interesting to me. Like, Super Mario World is, to like, I think in the top three games I have played through the most. Like... It's a genius game. Yeah. Genius. Like, yeah. it's one of those things that I like clockwork just turn on and I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to do all 96 exits now. And that's the way it's going to be. And for me though, like that is like my weird alchemical pleasure is the games that I'm, I gravitate towards replaying are things that I want to like see unfurl like a bloom, like 
I want to see all the 96 exits done. I want to go into Resident Evil 2 and beat it in two and a half hours so you get mm-hmm. the infinite rocket launcher, I, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And the, the punishing wall challenge is not the thing that appeals to me. So, like, Yoshi's Island isn't the thing that I replay over and over again. Right. Uh, so, like, beyond that, I, like, I don't know. I Does it feel totally right to you? It's it's. This is only the second time that Yoshi's Island has ever really been re-released. So... At some point... The other thing you also know is, I don't pay attention to music and sound in games. Yeah, it's not your thing. It's not my thing. I'm doing the first couple le- levels, and I'm like, the sound's not right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, uh-uh. You need to get yourself beep, 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 super empty. The, <laughs> the mix is off. The yeah. drums should be louder, like, dun, 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 at the beginning of the level. That should be much louder than it is. And I... I, and then after a while, I think I remember they added the noise Yoshi makes when he's, yeah. when he, when, yeah, I think that got added to it after the original release. So I was like, oh, well, I like that better. So I'll, I'll forgive that. I'm like, wait a minute. He's doing the floaty thing and he's not going, but that is actually correct. But no, uh, the sound mix is a little off, but, uh, other than that, it's perfect. It's it's so funny. Like one of the, one, <laughs> I when I got that Frame Meister thing and was sitting there with like I got I've got my one chip Super Nintendo and <laughs> it's perfect condition. I'm gonna fire it up. I got my original Get that RGB signal. Got RGB signal. It's gonna do this and like fire it up. The moment the moment you can tell with Yoshi's Island is the very second it starts and you get the story sequence. Mm-hmm. And like like the the way that bird is flapping its wings, the way that stork is flapping is like you can tell instantly <laughs> if it's not the original or just from that. It's so it's so weird. Dave, have you gotten in there uh, while you've been messing around with your your actual hardware? Have you gone into the Super Nintendo selections on? Uh, yeah, a little Switch? bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um... <laughs> I mean, look, I, so I was playing it a little bit before uh, the Super NT came in the mail because uh, one thing that I don't like about analog is they charge a ridiculous amount of money for shipping and it takes a while. Yeah. Uh, so I got, I played it a little bit and I played a little bit of Link to the Past. I played a little, sampled some of the others. Like I played a little Joe and Mac too and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> don't <laughs> like <laughs> this. <laughs> Um, yeah, wait a second. Has Joe and Mac always sucked? Yeah. What is happening here? Um, but yeah, like nothing really grabbed me. And like you said, I wonder if it's just the fact that it's like because it's they're just ROMs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just, like it's like I've you know I had ROMs when I was in high school when I played these games, and these are still just ROMs. They look um, fine. They're responses. Yeah, yeah, they have that like, re- that um, fancy rewind. My life thing. in gaming. Uh, did like a breakdown of the emulation and actually said that it's like even better than the SNES classic. Like yeah. they, they did a, like it's one of the best representations of super Nintendo that Nintendo's ever put out. But I don't know. Like you said, I think it's just that ritual that I need right mm-hmm. now. I need that, like sitting down at a device that only plays super Nintendo games 
Yeah. Playing some goddamn Super Nintendo games. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, Plus, it's, it's the Joy-Cons, too, man. Like, maybe, like, if I end up getting a Switch Lite at some point, I might dive in there with that D-pad, but I'm not playing. Oh, man. That, don't, you, that's, don't you have a Pro Controller? I do, but I don't really play my Switch on the TV. Because that's, that's, that's the purview of my son. But Dave, you gotta you gotta get that uh, Demon X Machina. Hori oh my God, the freaking giant Joy Cons, baby! You gotta get that. <sighs> that's, that's where it's at. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's so excessive. It, it's funny. While you guys have been indulging in Super Nintendo games, I have as well. Like you know, I uh, I downloaded that's, it and then the yeah, business, right? there it is. Yeah. Susan's holding up Super Mario All Stars, which is just such a, a choice little nugget, um, and. Little uh, a harvest. There's, moon. A, there's another one. Susan is holding up an original Harvest Moon uh, cart, which is a profoundly broken game. It's just oh, like yeah. they didn't even QA that game at all. It, they were just like, it's done. It's just it, it turns on. Put it out the door. Uh, so I, I <laughs> it's funny. I downloaded the Super Nintendo thing after the Nintendo Direct, and I was like, oh, that's nice. And then the next day, without my even realizing it, my uh, my Nintendo online subscription. Uh, expired. That's why. I, that's why they did it. That's why they did it. And like, and the funny thing is, it's like I always turn off automatic renewal on everything. Uh, so it, like, they were like, if you want to use this app, you better turn back on your subscription. I was like, you bastards. Do you do you have uh, Amazon? Like, not to like be all Amazon. Are these? I don't like Amazon. But do you have Prime? I ha- no. I canceled Prime. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I, okay. I, I've cut. Amazon is out of my life. Uh, as of January 2019, we have not gone back. Good. And uh, I mean, I have Netflix and Hulu, and okay. that's plenty. It's like my wife has it because I guess she gets a free subscription through college. Oh, so, there you go. Okay. So when, like the only reason why we still have it is because of that. And they're like, yeah, if you have Twitch uh, yeah. Prime, you get like a free year. So there you go. To, yeah. There, yeah. I have it because but. my husband doesn't like leaving the house. <laughs> That's, Seriously, that, like no, I that's would a good not, reason. It's it's the shipping, just yeah, the free shipping. That's it. So while you guys have been in Super Nintendo Town, uh, the other thing that's been happening was this past week the Genesis Mini uh, came out, which is like Sega finally got in the mini console world, like Super Nintendo. Uh, well, a couple they, of years ago, they didn't finally get. They've been doing it for a while. They whoa, finally whoa. did it right. They, fi- they finally did it right. Yeah. They finally got there, like themselves, as opposed to these other guys being like, "Yeah, we're games. gonna do a thing." What if we made Sonic Two sound like Ear Murder? Oh God, those those at games things. They're they're a crime against humanity. Uh, so uh, inspired by all this, I I I I'm fascinated by what they've made. I think it's the best approach that we've seen from any of these mini consoles so far. Like the fact that all the regions of every single release is just in there mm-hmm. because like, who cares? There's no extra cost. Just put it all in there. Nintendo. I'm looking <laughs> at you. You. Well, there jerk. are some, there are some differences in act- the actual regions. Yes. Yeah. Like they're, they're um, well, like the game selection, but like you but can like, switch you, to Japanese. You can switch. Yeah, exactly. Like you, it, it's, it's a really interesting like curatorial model. It's, it's cool. Uh, but as I was looking at the game selection that they've included, which is great, like it's an incredible selection of games. I don't in the even Genesis know what, what's on it. Oh, there it's a ton of stuff. And like, okay. it's, it, you know, it, it's a lot of what you would expect with a few surprises here and there, right, you know, well. like, 
uh, it's it's a lot of the stuff like Sword of Vermilion, which has been in every Genesis collection ever, is in there. Gunstar mm-hmm. Heroes, Sonic Two, but no Sonic Three and Sonic and Whoa, Knuckles. Comic like, Zone, yeah, Do- Comic Zone, Dynamite Dynamite Heady's in there. Dynamite <gasps> Heady, and like all all oh, of this. Oh, but no stuff... Arrow the Acrobat, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but that's 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 where I'm headed, Susan. Uh, because all of this stuff is uh, stuff that has been in pretty much every single Genesis collection going back to the PSP and 360, etc. And Steam and all of those, Streets of Rage. Uh, And like the the newest editions are like Konami stuff is finally there. There's Contra Hardcore Mm -hmm. and Castlevania Bloodlines and that's really cool. Uh, I decided to skip it because like I actually still have most of the stuff that is in this collection in my library. I have the actual games. I have a Genesis to play it on. But more than that, uh, as I've been sort of diving back into the Genesis hole of the past week, just like, ah, man, I love I love that machine. And listeners of this show might remember that uh, on a previous incarnation of this show, when we were all at Games Radar, I like got a Genesis for the first time as adult in 2016 and sort of spent some time rebuilding the library and now i have some fun stuff here and so i've been playing like pulse man which is this great platformer by the guys that made pokemon uh and just weird shooters like soul Deece and troubleshooter troubleshooter which is a a side-scrolling like shmup but instead of like a spaceship you are two women with jetpacks firing guns constantly forward and you can change which way they're directed and it's like a comedy game like at the beginning they drive in in a convertible tumble out of their car and just sort of take off on their jetpacks yeah it's great it's a great game uh but i i I, as i've been sort of playing actual genesis games and looking at everybody reacting to the genesis mini i've realized that there's this big difference between every attempt to present classic Sega machines and to present classic Nintendo machines and the SNES mini and the NES mini and the little collections that they've put out on switch for both of those consoles. You really get a good feel for those machines uh, in both cases. Like Susan, you get to play super Mario world and Yoshi's Island released at the tail end and the very beginning of that console, you get the full super Nintendo experience. And here at the Genesis mini, you have, like, you know, you have dozens of games. Actual dozens of games. You have a, a, a wonderful variety. But you don't get the actual, like, classic Sega experience. Because classic Sega consoles were more reliant on licensed games made by the publisher and the platform holder itself than any other machine. And, and it never really dawned on me that that was the case. That, like, you look at a, a Nintendo console and, like, say, take the NES. Like, people remember some licensed games. They'll be like, oh, man, like, DuckTales was great. Mm, okay. But that's kind of it. Like, nobody is sitting there champing at the bit to, like, play LJN's Friday the 13th in an NES mini, you know? Who <laughs> <laughs> oh, framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, right, like, no, no, right. like, that's not, that's not, like, part of the soul of okay, that thing. Okay, yeah, fair, fair. Whereas, you sit there and you're like, Genesis, Sega published, Sega funded, Sega made, Spider-Man, Ghostbusters, 
freaking uh, the X-Men game for the Sega Genesis, freaking Aladdin. Aladdin is a classic. I pulled up a list here just to, because I was like, yeah, like that sounds right. But like, just to really hammer it home, like you look at the list of the top, like 10 Super Nintendo games, and it's like Mario, Donkey Kong, Mario mm-hmm. Kart, Street Fighter 2, Donkey Kong Country 2, Link to the Past. Now do Genesis. Genesis, so you have Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2, Disney's Aladdin, number 3, yep. 4 million yeah. copies. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Sonic 3 uh, and Sonic and Knuckles were next. NBA Jam, yep. Mortal um, Kombat 2, yep. uh, Jurassic Park is on the list. Another uh, one made by Sega itself. Yeah. Like, Sega's NF- the one NFL making NFL 98 them. and NFL Football 94, more than a million copies. Yep. And then X-Men and Power Rangers. X-Men. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, this is, the, this is the thing. Like, it, what's really interesting is hearing your perspective. Mm. Because to me at the time, the Genesis was the sports console. Yeah. 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 Like, if you wanted to play football or baseball or hockey, you got a Genesis. So when I think of Genesis, that's what I think of. And the stuff I played on it was all the, you know, it was Toe Jam and Earl and Decap Attack and Echo and right. all the weird shit. Right. Yeah. And, like, like the sports stuff is part of what I'm talking about. Like, mm-hmm. Joe Montana's football by oh, Sega... Yeah needs to be in a Genesis Mini for yeah. it to be a Genesis experience. You're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. NHLPA yep. 93 yeah. needs to be in there. A single, like, a single EA sports game. It, it's like, gotta be. Yeah. It's gotta be in like, there. Because, like, Madden took off because of the Genesis. Like, it had been around for a mm-hmm. while. Yeah. But it wasn't until the Genesis where they really... Like th- you played Madden on a Genesis. Yep. Like that yeah. was that was the place to do it. And like mm-hmm. sweet, like Konami is on the Genesis Mini. You've got your Contra Hardcore. You've got your Castlevania Bloodlines. But you're never gonna fucking get Tiny Toons Buster's Treasure Island, oh which is my one of the God. best. Buster bust out. Oh, one of the best platformers freaking ever. It's, it's so true. good. That's true. And you're not gonna get a Ninja Turtles game. You're not gonna nope. get. Um, uh, yeah. And. Yeah. It, it, like, You're right. It's just it, and this is this is Wasn't true. There a Batman game too. That's by Sunsoft, and, oh, it, okay. and it rules. But like Batman and Robin with the soundtrack by oh, oh what's his God. face? Oh. Kip. Uh, oh shit. Jesper Kid. Jesper Kid. Thank made you. Made this like banging industrial soundtrack. That game is so bad too. It's real. And, like, it's not great. It's so bad. <laughs> it's unplayably bad. That soundtrack kicks ass though. That soundtrack rules, but that game is awful. But like, like one of my favorite games for the Genesis, and it like it's legitimately terrible. Uh, although, if you need a digitized face of Rutger Hauer, it's the only game in town. Uh, but <laughs> Rambo Three, Sega made Rambo Three for Sega Genesis is oh my God. awesome. It rules, and that is never. I don't, I don't think that's true. Oh, it's awesome! I was just playing it so, yesterday. So, digitized Rutger Hauer, Susan. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, fair. So this just made me remember something. Uh, and again, like it just highlights the, the total difference between these two consoles. So I, when I was a child, I competed in a blockbuster video game tournament. I got 10th place is. on the Genesis. Uh, oh. And they had, they had two different uh, tiers. They had, if you're a Super Nintendo or Genesis, the Super Nintendo one was like you played Donkey Kong Country and try to get the highest score you could. The blockbuster competition for Genesis, and I just looked it up to confirm because I remembered one of the games. It was NBA Jam TE, mm. 
and it was Judge Dredd. Oh, wow. <laughs> Two games that would never be on a Genesis console, but like those are the games I remember. Yeah. Like yeah. when you from uh And man. like that like when I, I'm so that game happy wasn't bad. Like now that that's out and like the turbo graphics thing is gonna come out, we're finally in like twelve month spitting distance of starting to get like Saturn and Dreamcast minis. Like like don't, mini Don't get like, my hopes up, man. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, but even then, like, get Ketris on the. Are, are we gonna Are we gonna get ready to rumble in a Dreamcast collection? Are we gonna have NFL NFL Two K? No, like, and that's fundamental to the experience. It's it's gotta yeah. it's gotta be there. Oh man, uh, it's that's a damn shame. You'll probably it's a damn get shame. bug though. You'll get but you'll get bug and Mister Bones. You hey, know it. Hey, you shut your whore mouth. Mr. You Bones know. is awesome. You know I love Mr. Bones. Susan, you know I love Mr. Bones. You know. Uh, <laughs> totally awesome. So Mr. Bones zone. Uh, <laughs> what else have I been like playing on, on Genesis? That bat the bat the original Batman game for Genesis, which is a movie tie-in uh, for the original Michael Keaton one by Sunsoft. So Sunsoft made every single Batman game for the 89 Batman movie, and they're all different, and they're all kind of great, except for the Genesis. <laughs> which fucking sucks. And yeah, I love I, I it. Had, I had Batman Forever, because I got it like for cheap at a blockbuster. There's a reason why it was cheap. Yeah. Yep. Death yep. game sucks on ice. Did you did you, either of you guys ever play Alien 3 for Genesis? No. That's another one that is it was like a it was like a side-scrolling beat-em-up. No, Alien, Alien 3 for Genesis is, I think, like, like if Alien Isolation is the best Alien game ever made, this is a close number two. It's oh, wow. so awesome and gross looking and creepy because you have to go into, like, the, you know, the prison mm-hmm. uh, in Alien 3, and there's only, like, a couple of aliens in every level. And you right. need to go get people who have been tied up in the stage and then find the exit. Mm-hmm. And it's so much fun and it's so gross and really good. Oh, man. You know what's interesting? That sounds remarkably like, and again, it's another licensed game, Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, yeah. It's not unlike. Which yeah. was so good. Kick-ass game. Kick-ass game. Really good. As opposed to the Deep Space Nine game for Genesis, which sucks. <laughs> I would, if, if like, honestly, if you're going to make a, a Deep Space Nine game for Genesis, it really should just be using the FM synthesizer sound chip to mimic a Benjamin Sisko soliloquy. You need to understand! <laughs> uh, you can use Okoshiro on that. Oh, my God. Works some magic. Uh, so, Dave, uh, unlike the Genesis Mini, I, I hope that this has been an authentic uh, continue podcast experience. Who is responsible? It's, a, it's an FPA, FPGA podcast. Yeah, it's close. It's, it's hardware emulated. It's hardware emulated. <laughs> Who made it happen? Uh, I'm going to give a special shout out uh, to the dog, uh, Chloe. Uh, no, that's, that's Bridget. Bridget. That's the, yeah. Um, I'm going to give a special shout out to our Patreon backers. If you go to patreon.com slash continue podcast, uh, you can back us. Uh, $5 gets you exclusive podcast content. Uh, $10 gets you a special shout out on the show. 
like, uh, let's see, there we go. A special shout out to Ryan Brady, Nick Grugan, Double Taco, Yaddle, Gluttony One of Seven, Ryan Mance, Pete, Adam Condra, Matthew Peters, Michael Coffey, Thierry Belair, uh, Fancy Manatee, Denton Brock, Elio Dare, Stormshot, Frank Sands, Kalen Houston, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Tim Chesson, Daniel Squire, and Tom. Thank you. Thank you, guys. In the bottom of our FP3 Thank you hearts. very, very much. And thank you, thank you, everybody who just listens to this show. Uh, we, we really like doing this because we like each other, uh, but it kind of means a lot to us that everybody makes this happen uh, by listening to it and contributing to our Patreon. Uh, if you have a dollar to spare, we are three people that could use that dollar for a good purpose. Uh, every single cent you contribute to this show Make sure that we can actually go out and sort of get the things that we talk about. Yeah, because we don't we don't get show. those media codes anymore. Yeah, we don't get nope. we don't get these for free <laughs> anymore. Nope. So, uh, hey, 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 Patreon backers, thank you for helping me get a copy of uh, Link's Awakening for uh, Nintendo Switch this month. It means a lot, and we'll be talking about that on the next episode. I got mine from Japan. Uh, because if you ordered it from Amazon Japan, I'm not off the Amazon Japan, guys. It's I, the easiest I'm way to on the Amazon stuff. in the U.S. <laughs> Wait, what? You got it from Japan? Why? All right. So a, there's like very. Is it the collector's sh- edition? The, yes, the collector's edition. It's so much better. Every other country's edition is better than the one that we got. Yeah, and so like you couldn't get the one with the art book here anymore. And oh. with the exchange rate, shipping was free. I'm not a Prime oh. member. Shipping was free. And with the exchange rate, it only came out to $61, which crap. is less than I would have paid if I just downloaded it on my Switch. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, pretty great. Yeah, right? Pretty cool. Uh, so, yes, when you back the show, this is this. it goes to towards the stuff that we talk about on the show. You can go to patreon.com slash continue podcast to back us. Uh, share the website with people. Go to continuepod.com. Let people know what we do. Follow us on Twitter. It's at continuepod. Uh, Susan, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Susan Arndt, uh, where uh, I enjoy raving about games. And uh, I'll be shouting about Untitled Goose Game. As soon as it downloads. The goose is loose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited to just be an asshole goose at people. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you had to title Untitled Goose Game, is that what you would title it? The goose is loose? Oh, no. No. I, I already came up with my best one on Twitter, which is the goon, Goose Doc Saints. That's what I would call it. That's... <laughs> That's uh, I'm going with uh, no goose for old men. There we go. <laughs> I also, Dave, I also, I also, uh, to repeat my own joke, uh, I also think that there should be a Nintendo uh, specific release called Untitled Groose Game. Yes. Which is. <laughs> <laughs> the best part about Skyward Sword. There we go. Um, oh, God, that's where I know that name from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Motherfucking Groose. I love that guy. Dave, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at David Robots. Uh, send me your Super Nintendo recommendations. There's a lot out there. And, like, like I know the hits and I know some, some weird stuff. 
You know, there are a lot of like Japanese fan translations, a lot more recently than there were when I was a young lad of 15, just getting into the ROM scene. But yeah, if you've got, if you've got some stuff that I should play, tell me. Dave, when you're done with the, Dave is actually playing the series that I recommended in our backer section on the last episode, the quintet games. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm uh, uh, halfway through Illusion of Guy right now. How great is that game? Man? Oh, it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. So I still good. have my copy. Uh, but when you're done with the Quintet games, you want it's it's either the last or the second to last Square Soft game ever made for the console. Never came out in the U.S. It's called Treasure of the Rudris. Okay. And Treasure of the Rudris was like sort of made by like the B team at Square Soft. Like, those are the guys that went on to make Racing Lagoon R and all that yeah, shit. Yeah, okay. Right? And the reason it was never translated into English is that the magic system is lingual. So what? throughout the entire oh, game... Oh, fascinating. Yeah, it's crazy. You're constantly and learning... And they translated that shit? Yeah, like well, the, so like I, I know there's a fan, trans- yeah, yeah, fan translation. Yeah, fan translation. But they did that? Yeah, and Holy, the fan does translation it, does it work? It works. It's great. It's awesome. Uh... Can't recommend it enough. Great. It's the, uh, they're the, also the ones that made Mystic Quest. Uh, I have that. I there you go. It. Mystic yeah, Quest, it's, it's a great game. game. It's, it's a great game. Good. It's fine. It's great not. soundtrack. Great soundtrack. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it, I, it's one of the very first RPGs I ever played. Well-intentioned. So. Exactly. <laughs> it's a there piping hot plate of fine. Uh, as for me, you can follow me at a John Agnello where you can uh, constantly find me uh, wondering why the goth kids of today are dressing exactly like they did two decades ago. Uh, And if you follow me there, you can check out the stuff that I'm publishing these days at The Ringer, including my next feature, which I'll hopefully talk about next episode. That's exciting! Uh, All right, everybody. Until then, see you in two weeks. 